from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, after a two-month hiatus, Over the Back Fence returns with Walter Williams and Ashley Mack. On the show, we discuss the 2022 flood, the clean-up, immediate and ongoing help available and how it compares to 2011. Tulma Place is increasingly known as the city's home for free entertainment and a great family destination. Who will be the next Deputy Mayor? Will the Mayor finally make an apology? Eating out in Ipswich and Ash Barty gives her strongest indication yet about her next sporting chapter. It's Tuesday, April 19, 2022 and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Walter Williams has called Ipswich home for 31 years and you know his voice on many TV and radio ads. He was previously heard on QFM, Star, River and 4BC. Welcome, Walt. Thank you very much, Alan. Great to be back. And Ashley Mack, who was born in Ipswich. He grew up in Ebervale. It didn't affect him too much at all. He was the first voice on QFM in 1990 and is still a media tart. He's also a small business owner with great coffee. Welcome, Ash. Mate, good to be here, and I'm hyper from too much coffee this morning, but anyway. (laughs) Well, it is great to be back after a two-month break. We were about to sit down and record an episode Mm. in February, and then it started raining. And all those memories of 2011 came back. Uh, Let's talk about the wash-up of the 2022 floods. And I want to bring in Walter first, because Walter was directly affected, Walter and Margie. What what happened at your house, Walt? Oh, mate, it was an absolute nightmare, I've got to tell you. Just getting through that. It all happened so quickly is the thing. As opposed to 2011, as we all know, there was was weeks building up to it. But this was uh, overnight, basically. went from it wasn't even crossing the road to all of a sudden there is no road and there's no way out. And in the space of about an hour. It was pretty freaky the way that rain just kept on coming. It was, it was mm. unrelenting. But you escaped reasonably well at the end of it. Must have been nerve-wracking while you were not at home. Oh, it was, mate. It was absolutely nerve-wracking. Uh, thank you to, big shout-out to the SES crew uh, for getting my wife and uh, our little Henry dog out of here safely on a boat, uh, which literally pulled into our driveway, which is just bizarre. And and also uh, thank you to the QR people for, uh, for getting us out the back door, so to speak. Yes, you are hemmed in once the water comes up by the railway line. How long was it before you were back in the house? Well, we, we attempted to get back in on Wednesday, even though the roads were still flooded. And uh, we had to, we stayed one night without power, with candlelight. And and then the next day, the Premier said, get out. And like you do in a horror movie, you yes. listen to the Premier. You, you and had you to go, get out again. Evacuated oh. again, went to uh, another friend's house to stay with uh, on that occasion so two different evacuations in the course of the week and finally back in the house on the sunday there was still water on the road uh for for most of that and no power until sunday night but you did perform a couple of miracles or you had an electrician perform a couple of miracles with energex to get the power back on on a sunday (laughs) 
Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what a top bloke for getting that sorted. He's well worth more. <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely worth more than I pay. Uh, yeah, and and thank you to the, the Energex crews uh, who were from far and wide. They've, and look, everyone who helped uh, post with the cleanup and that too, we had volunteers here um, a couple of weeks after it all happened. And, and then the, we had volunteer rural fire brigades slushing out the place and getting rid of the mud the next weekend after that. Yeah, so those yellow trucks are amazing. I remember from 2011, a property over at Moore's Pocket Road. They they just went from house to house and did a, did a fantastic job and they had to do it all again in 2022. Ash, you Mate. are in a flood-prone area, but you yourself are okay? Yeah, we're okay. We're up on the top of a hill at Chua, but um, we're on what. the top of a hill too. <laughs> <laughs> you are, yeah. But th- this uh, college's crossing really copped it, and that the poor guy who runs the college's mm. cafe that thing got tipped on its side, and I, I noticed they they destroyed it. It, it was funny. Well, not funny, but on. Facebook, we, I stay on Facebook quite a lot because you tell you tend to see what's going on around you. And on, I think it was a Sunday night, it's pouring rain and somebody says, has anybody got a four-wheel drive near Caralee? Because there's some people stuck in the house and they need to tow a car out. So I thought, you know, I'll be a bit of an idiot. I'll go grab my gear because I've got a four-wheel drive. Threw it in, went down there. It's pouring rain, soaked to the skin. And I learnt that I suck at rescue. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I drove. This is why I didn't call you. <laughs> Don't call me. <laughs> I drove into this paddock and sunk to the axles. <laughs> I didn't even make it to their car. They, I had oh, to be towed no. out myself. <laughs> it, was, it was like and just, but in the number of people who turned up with four-wheel drives, it, mm. the, the community spirit around here is just yeah, amazing. That's Ooh. amazing that the rescuer became the rescued and oh, no. it, it all ended up okay, Ash? Sorry? It all ended up okay? Oh yeah, I got I got out, and then uh, I actually bumped into uh, Dave Cullen on the way back, and it was quite funny. All day he'd been telling everybody, "Don't drive through water." And what was he doing? <laughs> we met each other in the middle, driving through the little puddle of water. <laughs> Let, let's talk about how things compared to 2011 for a little bit. How, how do you think council shaped up this time compared to 2011? And again, I'll go to you first, Walt. Uh, I, I don't think they were as effective. They should have been more effective because knowing what had happened in 2011. But I think part of that problem is something that you and I have privately discussed, and that is that um, there is a whole raft of different people in those key positions now. So they're not experienced themselves, which doesn't help the big picture. And, now, un- uh, unfortunately, no matter how much documentation that might be stored about mm. natural disasters, the living corporate memory uh, gets lost when there's a high yes. turnover of people in key positions. This is absolutely true. Uh, one thing they did well was that uh, pop-up centre they put in Bell Street, which th- was great. Yes, I think that was coordinated by the state government, which council supported. Yes. Yep. So we had uh, we had state and uh, and local council involved. So two levels of government and, and and talking to each other was great. And we also had the support there of the um, the Centrelink people as well. So that was handy because um, you know you were affected and there were. There were means to, to getting access to things that could help you find some sort of resolution. Yeah. Ash, what are your thoughts? Mate, help me here. The divisions councillor from a couple of uh, elections ago, lovely lady. Uh, councillor, former councillor Heather Morrow. Heather, yeah, yes, that's right. Uh, when Heather was thinking about pulling the pin, I was actually thinking about having a go. 
And I actually went to her and said, Excuse me, excuse me, just rewind slightly. Is this an exclusive public release that you were thinking of running for council? I was thinking about having a go, but I I saw, I came to my senses anyway. And I went to Heather and I said, what was the worst part? And she said, after the floods, trying to help everybody. Yeah. She was just it, it, like it, she was just worn out, and I think that's why she actually pulled the pin. She was just exhausted yeah. from helping everybody after the 2011 floods. And what we did is we lost her expertise. Yeah, and many Which others. Is, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we didn't see the same commitment from the current council, even though there are now two councillors per division. Uh, I had to contact them to find out what was going on. And you are in a flood-prone area, Walt. That's, exactly. That Whereas sure. in 2011, I was contacted directly by my councillor, who also happened to then go on to become the mayor of Ipswich for a while, Andrew Antonelli, who even during these times was in touch with me again on the Thursday when we were back in the house saying, Walt, maybe a good idea to get out in case this second event comes and yeah. backs up on what's already happened. But let's talk about the financial assistance that you were able to access, Walt, because you were flooded. Were you able to access anything? Not a lot. Uh, the $1,000 that everyone got for their fridge being turned off type of thing and being a flood affected, uh, we got that. Uh, and uh, $300 from the states uh, for, you know, same sort of thing. So in all... Uh, really, when you look at what your outgoings were versus your your incomings, it, it didn't uh, balance. The balance sheets didn't add up. Is it hard to get insurance? We're st- on the insurance thing. We're still uh, we have a claim and it's processing, but I still haven't heard back from the insurers since we had a structural guy do an inspection a couple of weeks ago. So uh, maybe it's a long line, income. though. I understand that, and there's people in worse situation than we are. At least we're back in our home. The, the top of our home was fine. The bottom was destroyed. But yep. Uh, yep. it is what it is. Let's talk about the announcement that was made a, a few days after the floods by the Queensland government. And that was the $771 million flood fund, as I'll call it. And then within a day or two, uh, the Morrison government agreed to go 50-50 with that. This is about more focus on buybacks, raising homes on stilts. And I hate the words or I hate the term flood proofing because you just can't flood proof things. You can make them no. uh, last longer or better in flooding. I think, Ash, you explained it in a good way. Yeah, well, I, I was listening to a, an ABC story a few weeks ago and some people who had spent the $50,000 on on having their house flood proofed, what they'd done is the bottom level was everything was concrete. And they were actually talking about cabinets that they were taking out and pressure washing outside and were able to put them back inside and it's all polished concrete which these days is pretty pretty trendy actually. It is. yeah um the whole underside and they could actually live in a, it was i think graceful yes they could live in a great spot which graceful is and the house was not going to be as uh, badly damaged and i was thinking maybe that's one of the options that walter could use well, it'd be interesting that would to see. be good to access yeah, that. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't uh, fully explored that yet. I'm only just finding out about it um, from yourself, Alan, uh, for starters. And because it, it wasn't that well publicised. I mean, you think they would get in touch with directly with the flood affected people, at least send some sort of flyer out. I think the situation is there's a general agreement to do this massive flood fund, but mm. the red tape hasn't been worked out yet. Mm. And it's probably to come in the weeks and months ahead that you may be enti- you may find yourself entitled to money to raise the house, for example, or 
change the walls or the cupboards or, or something mm. like that. Just because we need to change the focus on everything being trashed uh, mm. unnecessarily oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and rebuilding smartly. In 2009, we spent 20000 of our own money on raising the house to over six feet tall so this unit could get walk underneath it (laughs) and not hit his head every goddamn time. But that wasn't enough. Obviously, we had to raise it a little bit higher than that. So it would be great if we could access some sort of fund that will give us a a chance to uh, raise the house a bit further and take us out of uh, the danger zone. To tell you the truth, I don't think there's going having the money is not going to make the difference at the moment because have you tried to get a trading? Yeah, try try getting a trading. Exactly. Uh, like the, my um, my daughter had uh, my next grandson on Thursday, uh, a little boy. Right? Congratulations! Thank you. But here's how busy he my my son in law is. I went over there this morning, and the the uh, he's at work. He's been called in because there is no one else to do his job and he's supposed to be on, you know, paternity leave. So, and this, what, how much is is the state government supposed to be giving? They said, look, we'll pay you, what is it? 15 or $1,800 or something to come to Queensland for six weeks. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I have seen that. I haven't dug into it though. Trouble is we're advertising in a place that's that's absolutely chocker with, with work because they were flooded as well. Mm. Yes. The chances of getting tradies up here is pretty slim. Yeah, I saw that. We, yeah. we both made that comment, Margie and I, when we were watching the news the other night. It's like, yeah, but they've got their own issues to deal with. Yeah, so right? it's, it's pretty hard. And the, and also the other thing that we're finding is, have you noticed the supply chains? Well, in, the, in the 74 mm. flood, you hosed it out and reused it. In the 2011 flood, you threw it away and bought a new one. Now, the problem is, if you've thrown it away in this flood... The chances, like, have you tried to buy, like, furniture from Ikea? Impossible. It's it's out of stock. And, and they're not the only ones. It's just, it's just so many places can't get the material. So there's people out there waiting. Whether yeah. it's cars, white goods. Oh, it, yeah. It's all on back order. Try and get yeah. a car at the moment, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. And thank you to friends of ours who, who loaned us their little washer and, and fridge so we had something at least. Because, mm. uh, as I say, it could be months before – we see anything from our insurer. And uh, while we're talking tradies, a big shout out to the Sparky from Big Plug. Shane, thank you for getting us back on on Good a on Sunday. You, Good on you, Shane. And the last word on the flood, as we saw in 2011, uh, the cleanup and rebuild will continue for months and into years for some. And, of course, uh, the legendary Frank Beaumont, I think he celebrated his 80th birthday recently at Goodner. I mean, Enid Street in Goodner is just a classic example yeah. where there should be buybacks. And they're, and, and they're trapped. They, they, they can't go anywhere because they're not going to get as much as they need for their homes yeah. uh, to get another home, if you know what and I mean. And that is the catch-22 we, we are in mm. as well. Mm. Uh, you, know, you know, logic says, yeah, move. You're, you're not ants. If you're being <laughs> flooded, move. Get out of there. <laughs> but you can't. You physically, financially can't. Well, let's talk about some good news. Let's put the flooding to one side. I want to talk about Tulma Place in the Nicholas Street precinct. That looks so good. 
Everybody or, must be congratulated from whatever level of government or private uh, organisation that's had a mm. hand in uh, building our new civic space in the centre of the city. I want to ask you guys about your experience of it so far. Walt, you live closest. What's your experience? Yeah, well, uh, first week uh, of the school holidays, I walked up and the Bluey show was on that day. Just total lucked it. And, uh, and they also had a jungle-themed putt-putt going, I love a bit of putt-putt. <laughs> I mean, what's not to like about a miniature golf club? Yes. And, and crazy ways to hit a ball through. But um, the, the problem was... I think they blew their budget on the first week because the next week of the school holidays, there was next to nothing available for the kids. So it was a shame. But the first week, brilliant. Well done. Um, Tom Place is, is such a good meeting ground, isn't yes. it, in that yep. Nicholas Street precinct? And just looking through there, walking afterwards and, and just seeing the progress that we're seeing with uh, the commercial hotel. And also, uh, the what's Commonwealth going on? Hotel. The Commonwealth. Yep. Sorry, I knew it started with the C. The Commonwealth <laughs> Hotel. Not to be confused with the old commercial it could do with a paint job. Yes. Uh, and 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 walking through and seeing the new eatery area. I think, and I've seen the video for this. Once it's finished, it's going to be very exciting place for not just Ipswich, but I think we'll get a lot of traffic coming yep. out of Brisbane for this. There's going to be a lot of technology used on the outside of those buildings mm. with uh, you know more animation, uh, video all that kind of stuff. It is looking good. It's looking 21st century. Ash, your thoughts? The They've been running food truck markets and that sort of thing there on the Friday nights. And my daughter, the one who's just had the baby, mm-hmm. she loves it. She said it's great because you can take the kids down. It's a great big open, well-lit area. It's nice and close. There's plenty of parking. It's our little sort of eat street. Yeah. Mm. It's a yeah, little version of that. It's so you know comparison. all the way down to Brisbane. You know, it's it's and I think that is something we need to focus on because it, it gives that variety. But you know that's gonna get lost once you've got retailers yeah. with the food <laughs> eatery area, because you can understand they pay big yeah. rent. Yes. And they're, and they're not gonna want food trucks in their backyard. They would, ha- they would have to be complimentary or something uh, or something else at least. The hoardings are coming down mm. in, uh, very, very soon. Bob Slater's Terry White Chemist is moving right on the corner of Union Place and Nicholas Street, right opposite the new council building. So that's going to bring more traffic down that into the mall oh, along yeah. with the library. So it, yeah. it really is coming on and it just had to happen and it's finally happening. It's yeah. good to see long-term tenants getting yes. a, a yes. break. yeah. Yeah, like, like Terry one. I know we've kind of talked about it, but is it being used enough? What do you think, Ash? I've seen uh, on Facebook someone's upset because they're possibly bringing in another cinema. Is that happening? I believe it will eventually. A lot of cinemas for Ipswich, isn't it? It was the same number as it was there before Birch Carlin Call closed. So that's that's mm-hmm. it's got my head sort of being scratched. I just can't work out why that is super-duper controversial, but it is in well, some they, quarters. They both couldn't survive back then, could well, they? they? It they was either going to be limelight or event, mm-hmm. and it'll be the same situation when another one comes to town. And and we've got, we're over-serviced for cinemas when you think about it, because Red Bank has yeah. one, Springfield has one. Um, we've also got uh, cinemas, if you just go up the Centenary Highway there at Jindalee, you don't have to go far to find a cinema in this area. Are they are those cinemas going to be viable in the future with the big TVs and all that sort of stuff? I love, I love being able to stream at home. I yep. love a cinema experience though. Now, but, I, but I hear you. I was actually. going to bring that up. You. Yes, because I know Walt, you do love your cinema experience. I'm mm. a little bit more in Ashes camp, where you know the big screen and just stream it saves going out. But there is something to be said for going to the to the big screen. 
Well, remember we used to have drive-ins. Yes. That they became dinosaurs <laughs> when TV came in. Well, so, when, the, when the old VHSs kicked in. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And the video, video yep. killed the drive-in star. Yeah, certainly did. The mayor has described some of the new tech that's going to be on display, and I, I mentioned it briefly just before, as a little bit of Times Square. Do you think that's a bit of a stretch in the description, Ash? Well, let's just wait till the balls drop at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Walt? Uh, I've been waiting for my lotto balls to drop for ages. <laughs> the other ones dropped when I was 12. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. Uh, the April council meeting is on Thursday, the 21st of April, and this term of council, I don't know whether you remember from when they were first yeah. elected two years ago, the council has decided they'd have a new deputy mayor every 12 months. So a new deputy mayor will be voted on by councillors uh, at the April 21 meeting. Is it a good idea to have a high turnover of deputy mayors, Walt? I'm, at first, I wasn't a fan of it, to be honest, but I, I can see some value in it, in keeping it fresh every 12 months. But then we also have the problem we talked about earlier when we were discussing the, uh, the 2022 floods, is you don't have that memory within council if you keep changing the the people at the top. Mm. Yeah, the experience level just drops. I, I also think there's a um, a support factor. I mean, a a, a mayor, uh, regardless of who the mayor is, but the, a, a mayor, the mayor's position does rely quite heavily on the whoever's in the yes. deputy mayor role to deputise at events because. Uh, the mayor can't be everywhere uh, as much as public and organisations would like it. And they, they they strike up quite a close working relationship just by the mere fact there's a lot of that happening. Mm. So it, it's sort of back to square one at the beginning of each 12-month period. So mm. that's kind of the downside. But the upside is it does give uh, first-time mm. councillors, well, they've got, to, they've got to stretch themselves and take on new roles. That's the thing, though. Are they ready for it? Are they cut from the deputy mayor cloth? Have they got what it takes? Well, you could say that about someone who gets elected mayor for the first time, like uh, like Theresa Harding. Uh, mm. And it happens a lot across the state where uh, people go from nothing to being mayor in one, ele- in one election and they've got to grow into the position very quickly. It's a bit of a sink or swim experience. Mm. And mayor's probably saying, damn, I've got to train another one. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let's stick with the council meeting on the 21st. It could be a little bit contentious because the apology called for by uh, the current deputy mayor, until there's another one, uh, Councillor Nicole Jonick, has been asking for the mayor to apologise. Now, this stems back to something that happened at the beginning of the year. It didn't happen last month because uh, Councillor Jonick had a leave of absence. Should they just kiss and make up? What, what, what should happen here? I get it. You don't want to be unnecessarily criticised if you didn't say something. And then someone says you did say something. How is this resolved without having to come have a, a motion at a council meeting? It's turning into reality TV, isn't it? It's it's like Real Housewives of Ipswich. <laughs> we, hang on, Walter. That's I think I've hit on idea. something. Yeah. Get the GoPros. Let's go. <laughs> that sounds like a good show. Build a bridge and move... Please, Councillor. Thank you, gentlemen. Get over it. Let's talk about food. Ipswich CBD is gaining more new food places to eat. This will only increase as the commercial properties that are tenanted that the council's been renovating. Uh, where have you been out and about lately, guys? Uh, Walter, you are 
very keen on eating out. I've noticed that on your Facebook. Uh, let's I talk do. about not just Ipswich CBD, but anywhere in Ipswich. What's what's been on your radar of late? Oh well, um, I, Cafe Sixty Three. I was there on Saturday. They make a, a terrific fish. They call it the Mitchell, Mitchell Johnson. It's Cajun cooked, and they even throw in a few prawns on top as well. Oh, sounds oh. delicious. Don't know why they've named it after a cricketer, but. They've got the most extensive menu I've ever seen in a cafe. Ruby Chews at uh, Limelight Cinema cooks up some good stuff, but they box well above their weight for a little, um, you know, cafe situation Mm. in a cinema. But the other day I actually got out to, um, we're talking about the, uh, the scenic rim. And I I got out to the the new, well, it's been there a couple of years now, the brewery that's uh, in in an old shop there. And it's brilliant. Uh, Had fun, had uh, some afternoon tea and then a a little paddle of all the beers. So I think it's great. The more we can get around in our community and explore it and support local businesses, the better. And even go for a coffee at Ashes. Well, one I one I want to try out is the new look Ungerman Brothers in Ellenborough Street. There, I've the done corner. that. How Been is there. that? It's okay. They make great ice cream, and maybe they need to just work on the atmosphere, which I I was hoping was going to be more of a fifties vibe, but it kind of falls a little bit short. And maybe it's budget. That's so not quite happy days yet. Not no, not quite happy days. And I think I know why that's happening. Why is that? Because it's so hard. They've actually started that cafe right on the point where getting hospitality staff is so hard. And I know one of the girls that works there actually is a girl who works for us. And I know how, what, you know, she's very young. She wouldn't know what that era was like. Yes. Yeah. You see, and she doesn't look that young, but she is very young. So she, she doesn't know what that era is like. So it's very hard to create something if you weren't part of it. Google it. Google it. Google it and watch it's a few YouTube hard. videos. Just watch Happy Days as suggested by Alan Roebuck. <laughs> oh, okay. One of the cafes that has been left out here, and to tell you the truth, I've never eaten there, but my kids have and they keep raving about it, is a cafe called the Retro Cafe. Oh, that's very good too. Yeah, yes, and apparently there. the portions are great, mm. the food is great, and they deliver. So there's a, mm. that's an endorsement from my family, not from ours. And good old-fashioned food too, the yeah. sort, of, sort of menu you haven't seen for a few years. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll give my uh, favourite Ipswich Please. CBD uh, place. Uh, when you're in the mood for Indian, you can't go past Indian Meffles. No, uh, it's good. Raj yeah. has been very consistent over a, a long time uh, with a lot of interruptions and uh, you can't go wrong for a, a good mm. Indian there. The butter the chicken. Yes, butter chicken. <laughs> butter chicken. <laughs> no, nah, garlic yeah. naan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very good. And if you like Indian, try the India guys out on the road to Warwick. On oh. Warwick Road, you mean? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah another one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Called Warwick Road. Okay, yes. well, now that we've had our fill on where to go and eat, let's wrap it up. Let's talk sport and the shock news the recent shock news of Ash Barty retiring from tennis at the age of 25. It's hard to believe. I still, mm. I still can't believe it. What a star she is. And to bow out while number one. What, what do you think's going on there, Ash? Well, I have a suspicion. Like, apparently she's, she's into golf. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that tennis was just a warm-up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. good warm-up. Seriously, like she was in cricket. She did really well in cricket. Yes. She goes into tennis and does really well at tennis. I reckon the next thing is golf. I reckon she'll be a yeah. world-class golfer. Yeah. I'll well, back you on that. Well, the fiancé is uh, attached to Brookwater, so and that's mm. where she plays. So 
I, I just can't rule out any particular sport. I, uh, she would excel at anything, I think. Oh, absolutely. Any so the rumour about being fronting up for the Broncos is not true? No. no. I, I, I can't see that. The word on the street is she's already got her LPGA ticket. Right. Ooh, she is a paid-up member. Mm-hmm. So, Ash, you are spot on. Ooh. And on that note, we'll call that the end of Over the Back Fence. Great to have you back, guys. Thanks again for your time, and we'll chat again next month. Ciao. Thank you. Shortly after recording Over the Back Fence, it was announced Ash Barty will play in an exhibition tournament with some of the world's biggest names in New Jersey in June. Various media reports have it that it's the strongest indication yet that Ash Barty will spend more time playing golf. Just a reminder, you will find handy links in the show notes, including to Council's Minutes and Agendas and Council's YouTube, where you can watch all meetings live and on demand. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.